Welcome to Science Fiction. I am Salim Sutterwala, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Carl Ames. Carl, how are you? I'm doing great, and um, just ready to have a nice, exciting evening talking about some more sci-fi stuff. Uh, no, have you have you been watching? You've been keeping up with She-Hulk, right? Oh, in my last two episodes, I didn't watch. I, I, I kind of... Uh, I got I got so busy that I kept forgetting to uh, to check it out. But um, but yeah, I think uh, I'm gonna watch them tonight for sure. I'm gonna remember because I don't. I'm working from home tomorrow, so I should I should be able to just pop them on after we're done here and finish the last two episodes. Um, God damn, headset keeps falling off. Um, yeah, so yeah, I'm going to do that. The first episode I already liked, for sure. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to do that. And i got to plug in my laptop, because I just realized I didn't do that, and the charger is going to die. Maybe, yeah, maybe die. that's why we're a little staticky. Because static is back in your, your mic. Oh, that's weird. But uh, hopefully that'll, that'll set that straight. But we do have um, a couple of fast flicks that we want to go over before we start our main topic, which is, again, we're going to talk about um, 3,000 Years of Longing as well as Day Shift. But uh, once again, fast flicks real quick. All right. So the so, uh, the first one. Oh, uh, okay. Oh, oh, yeah, <laughs> I was already. Um, the uh, first fast flicks for tonight. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, super fast. Actually, I, I don't remember if we actually discussed uh, at any point uh, the fact that there is a Wonder Man Disney Plus show uh, that was announced. Uh, it's not on the. It's not on the Phase Five slate or. The phase six slate that we went over like a few, like a month ago, but it was there was a Wonder Man a series announced for Marvel for Disney Plus. 
Um, so we don't know when we're going to see that at all. But uh, there is uh, also news on that. So we are going to see this character played by Ben Kingsley. Remember Trevor Slattery, the not Mandarin character. He was, you know, teased as Mandarin in Iron Man 3. And then you figure out he's not Mandarin. And then he showed up in uh, Shang-Chi as, you know, again, being Trevor Slattery. So this character is going to come back. And he's going to be in the Wonder Man series uh, with some capacity. We don't know the full story yet, but we will have more of Trevor Slattery. So if you like that character in Shang-Chi, you will will pick up from his story from there or figure out what happened between Shang-Chi and whenever Wonder Man takes place. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. I think yeah, the Wonder Man is... In the comics, he's a character called Simon Williams that is son of like a wealthy industrialist, um, and I guess there's like there's like a connection where the company falls in hard times due to do like com- competing with Tony Stark, so like with Stark Industries. So um, then Williams, I guess he gets his powers from like Baron Zemo or something like that because he like takes Baron Zemo's help, and then he ultimately fights the avengers and then eventually joins their ranks so will be interesting it's not like a so i haven't heard about wonder man really i mean i don't know how popular a character he is too much um i think he was part of um i think he's in that avengers um mighty the the mighty avengers uh the Earth's Mightiest, Earth's Mightiest Heroes. He's he's in there, because um, mm-hmm. he's not like, and in that they show him as a villain, but like it's eventually he's more of a villain by circumstances because Zemo promises him that he can fix him or something like that, um, but then he eventually ends up doing like a noble thing uh, later in camera season one or two, but yeah. Um, it's oh, yeah, more, just, more like season. I think it was more season two because season one he was he was a, a villain, but he was like realizing that he wasn't like an actual evil person. He was just kind of caught in the rock and hard place, and then eventually he came around and, and joined the team in season two of that show. But that is kind of like how his uh, comic book story is, for what it's worth. Um, but yeah, he he's a character uh, again, uh, again showing ben kingsley that's this he's gonna be trevor slattery not not wonder man like he's that's a whole nother thing right. we actually kind of had a uh, like a a teaser i think it was a deleted scene of of wonder man played by um darn i can't think of his name now um the guy from what was it firefly or whatever um but i think they ended up deleting that so they may not use him again to actually be Simon Williams, uh, but we'll, we'll see. We don't have any official announcements on who actually will be Wonder Man, but Trevor Slattery will be showing up in that show. But uh, like for again, uh, to adjust what Q is asking, Wonder Man is basically he's super strong, he's super endurable. Uh, he basically can't be killed or damaged in any conventional kind of way. It's like um, I, he has ionic superpowers, like basically something that like affects his like chemical, like like the, his body and things. Like he's basically 
is not like normal anymore in a sense. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so he can make himself super durable and he's super strong and can fly a little bit and stuff. Uh, again, he was starting off as a villain, um, working with the was it Masters of Evil, I, I guess. Uh, yeah, the Baron, yeah. whoever Baron Zemo's team is. Yeah, he started off with them, but then he uh, realized more of an error in his ways. He's also his brain patterns are what uh, the original comic book vision was like. His brain patterns are based off of Simon Williams originally. Um, yeah. So technically, Wanda fell in love with Wonder Man, but it was the synthesoid body of Vision. Uh, there's a thousand versions of Marvel's versions of Superman. So yeah, he kind of so, is. In one general, of like even even DC has like versions of Superman. Superman like was the original like like build off of the different like his superpowers being like copied in a sense. Um, also, I want to know like Baron. It'll be interesting to see if Baron Zemo's in this. I know Baron Zemo is much different in the MCU than what he's in the comics. Um, obviously, they changed his storyline because of Civil War, but they were, the way they're setting that up. But in in Baron in Baron Zemo in the in the comics, Baron Zemo is like a Hydra uh, creation, and like his his father was a Hydra part of Hydra, and then he somehow becomes part of Hydra too. I can't remember exactly, but he's he's a very much like a bad bad guy in the Marvel in the comics. Um, obviously, MCU has kind of showed him while kind of having like being the villain in Civil War, you kind of see him um, do something good in a sense in uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Like he's not technically a bad guy in that show. Um, and then at, going forward, he's supposed to appear, I think in Thunderbolts. Uh, that was a rumor about that, uh, what we had talked about before. So. Uh, yeah, Bear, it'll be interesting to see if Baron Zemo shows up in this show too. But, um, but yeah, just wanted to kind of comment on that because I know Baron Zemo in the Marvel comics is much different than uh, who he is in this MCU you know, universe. Um, I don't know if you had any final thoughts. I know we wanted to have uh, move on to our, our Nope conversation. Uh, just a little fast flick on that. Um, I guess, I guess it was. I don't know if it was mostly based on fan theory where they started talking about uh, about this character that was uncredited, um, simply named like nobody, like the character that was like like nobody, um, and then fan theory started po going you no know, uh, array, and then they asked uh, Jordan Peele about it, um, and he he was saying that. He, he said, so there's a quote here I have from him saying, he's hinting that we're not telling all these stories. We're not over telling all these stories. The story of that character has yet to be told. I can tell you that. Uh, Peel said, referencing the IMDb credit, which is another frustrating way of saying, I'm glad people are paying attention. I do think they will get more answers on some of these things in the future. We're not over telling all these stories, like I said before. So um it's kind of interesting to hear about a sequel i don't know if this movie needs a sequel because i think the the first uh like part one if you will i think it was good on its own and um i think like the message was sold and and 
and hammered in for what like when we and we discussed it in detail that uh, on our show um maybe i can see a spin-off maybe because there's some of the other stuff going on but a sequel would be i don't know how they would do a sequel that's just interesting what are your thoughts on that so yeah um just for the record like you know it's been a couple weeks since we um discussed nope and this like the i guess the fans i can't even remember exactly when the movie hit theaters but people were pretty eagle eye early on so again this character um is uncredited or or i should say it's credited as nobody nobody yeah or nobody in imdb but is actually in the trailer but just not in the movie officially. So he was cut and deleted scenes or what have you. But that's the guy right in the middle here is supposed to be this nobody character. And people just uh, asked about it. So whether or not we actually see them or if they, um, you know, Jordan Peele's already said, like, like, like you quoted that apparently he's got more uh, story to tell with this. So I kind of felt like, at, you know, both of the the there was more to tell because there's so much that we don't know about the monster or alien or whatever it is um as well as i mean like you know is there more of it like why would it just be the one and and never any other ones that would be trying to i guess feed on humans and stuff like that um and then the fact that this nobody character exists is that is it you know, is he involved? Is it possibly an alien? Is it uh, someone manipulating everything and make it seem like the cloud thing, uh, bed sheets were actually an alien or something like that? Um, so it, it, it raises a lot of questions. So it does leave the door open for more story to be told. But at the same time, we when we were discussing this, we I don't think you knew, knew about the nobody character because I, I certainly didn't. So no. leaving the movie the way that it was, like it was like a, a one and done, a good one and done movie, right? Like we were totally fine with it being uh, that story and nothing else to it. Um, so yeah, like I, I don't need there to be more because I'm I'm totally okay with some movies just um, leaving things to interpretation and that uh, not every single thing needs to be fully explained. And uh, not every single thing needs to have a, a concrete ending that is just more of um, let let fans fill in the blanks and let fans uh, speculate and let them think and, and try to figure things out. But if there is more, like, I guess as long as it's good, right, like as long as the second movie is good, if they actually make it, I don't mind. Yeah, like I said, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to be like picketing and. Uh, protesting it or anything. I just, mm-hmm. I just don't know why if it's needed, and we'll see. Maybe there's, like I said, maybe there's more of a spinoff than a sequel. Um, just my speculation more so than mm-hmm. anything. But yeah, we'll see. I mean, definitely it could be. It could. I mean, if there's if there's a story there to flesh out, I'm sure they'll they'll find a way to do it. They usually do. Um, so, but yeah. Um, the next fast flick we have, uh, we've talked about Ezra Miller, like ad nauseum on here um, with The Flash and wondering what's going to happen with this movie, if they're going to cancel it. And they've moved, moved it again. Um, 
And I know they've added, we've talked about how they've added Ben Affleck uh, to the uh, movie or more scenes with Ben Affleck in the movie. I should say he was always part of the movie, uh, but more scenes with Ben Affleck. But I guess they did a, they did a testing, a test screening, and the scores were at the highest test screening since Nolan's Batman movies. Um, and I and I, I don't know if that means just in general for comic book movies or if they meant just for DC um, as far as test screening is concerned. I'm, I'm guessing they only meant for DC because um, I'm guessing. I, I don't know. I, I was like trying to find that. I don't know if you saw that anywhere um, else. Yeah, I would be that. confident to say that they, it would be just for DC because if it's not, yeah. then that means that the Nolan films are like the highest screening you know films of all time i don't right think so. right that, that's well that's what i'm but i didn't know if they meant just comic book movies in general or if they meant just specifically for dc and i'm assuming that meant, that meant for dc for sure um so yeah you, you know like we tried to remember all the trouble that as has gotten into it appears like warner brothers is still very confident in this film because of these the way it's performed uh for the test audience um and uh, I guess this this really is a sign that they're going to uh, finish this movie and or if it's if it's not finished yet, I know they're reshooting some stuff, um, and it's going to come out at some point if you know if they don't keep moving it. Uh, we'll find out if next week they decide to move it to like 2025 for some reason. Uh, but yeah, so that's this movie is going to happen. What are your thoughts? Like, do you uh, are you now more interested because of the, these um, scores or? Have you changed your mind and say, you know what? Okay, let's see what they can do. Or, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I'm relatively indifferent. I mean, like, I know we've been talking, like I said, ad nauseum about whether or not they should cancel it. But I think I've been, like I've said multiple times that the WB is in a tough spot because this is a very important movie for what they plan on doing with DC. Whatever that is exactly, we don't know. But it's supposed to be changing the landscape significantly as well right. as they've spent a lot of money on it and to uh recast and even if it's just um got grant gustin or some you know some other guy that might look really good it would they would have to reshoot the whole movie all over again and that's a lot of money wasted so i don't think that i mean they wrote wrote off Batgirl, but even that's like a a low budget movie. This is a big budget movie, and they have to reshoot the whole movie again. I don't think so. So they're just gonna right. roll with it and hope. And I think they were just like holding on to the thread that he would get his act together. And it took him a little while because everything was just kind of uh, snowballing for him. But uh, for for Ezra, I think like recently they've uh like they've apologized and that they they're doing like some counseling and, and stuff like that um so things are looking better but uh there's still like a, you know the perceptions out there people already know what's happened um there's a lot of damage has been done so a lot of people are going to be anti this movie they're going to be um just not interested in the movie and so on so it, it's going to be a hard sell that first trailer has got to be a freaking banger of a trailer to get people um back on board but i think they are pretty much they have to commit to it because they've already shot it they've already spent the money 
um, and there's no no real backing out. Yeah, I, mean, I guess I like this. This just gives them more like reason to come finish and commit to it because the fact that you know people like it, and in the end, it, money is, trumps everything for you know Hollywood and this everyone really like they don't you know people just care about making the money, and if if the this audience scores is good and the hype then starts you know, getting there for them, they'll just be like, well, they'll start seeing the dollar signs, you know, like, oh, can we get a billion dollars for this movie? And maybe that's a possibility at the box offices worldwide. Can we can we hit the mark? Uh, so, yeah, definitely. It's it's 100% going to get made. Uh, they're not going to do Ezra Miller anymore uh, for all the reasons that you mentioned and also because, you know, it's just, it's just testing well now so we'll see what the final product looks like when it comes out but it was interesting to see that you know it did but even with all this all this um, you know chaos happening uh, with Ezra Miller uh, the movie itself sounds like it's gonna be good so we'll see um, now this one so this is a a, a, a a movie that's gonna come out on Netflix is based off of a very popular video game called Bioshock I never again. I, I'm not the video game guy. And you said that you never, you haven't played. You have it, but you haven't played it yet. Um, uh-huh. Right. So that's correct. Yeah. So now this movie, like, so it was supposed to be made a while ago. Like they they tried to um, get like the not Netflix, but they had tried to get the guy who did Pirates of the Caribbean um, and the Ring. The director it was like Gore. Verbinski or something like that, but that things like fell apart with the creative team and Universal Studios, um, and like I guess it was because of the R rating and the combination of, of price tag. Uh, but I guess eventually, you know, Netflix ended up picking it up, um, and they announced that they partnered with Two K to take uh, two interactive to produce a live action movie based on the game. So they're finally going to do it and. Um, a couple of tidbits. So obviously, the one of them being that they got Mike uh, Michael Green. Uh, so he was the he was the highly acclaimed uh, com, uh, writer that wrote, or sorry, I should say, he's the writer that wrote the highly acclaimed comic movie uh, Logan, the Hugh Jackman one, and then Green Green also has written uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine, Jungle Cruise, American Gods, and Heroes. Um, and then Netflix also got Francis Lawrence to direct the project, and his work includes Hunger Games, Catching Fire, Hunger Games, Mikey Part 1 and 2, so the Hunger Games series. Um, and he's currently directing the uh, prequel project, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Um, so, yeah, so, I mean, it looks like this Netflix is going out, and uh, I know we're going to be talking about a Netflix movie uh later in the show but um netflix is really going in and this is i mean this is a bigger like production as far as like considering like the names and the the director and like the the writer that they got like the writer has written a lot of good movies just from the ones that i named um and obviously video game movies are always very um they always tend to flop more than they hit but yeah, it seems like it seems like Netflix is really trying to 
pull all the right levers here to make this movie happen. Are, are you interested in the thoughts of this movie? Um, will, will that make you finally play the video game that you bought a while ago and it's been sitting there? <laughs> um, probably not. Um, uh, like I, I have so much of a big backlog on stuff. Um, but uh, like I mean, if the trailer looks good, like I, I would still be interested in in checking out the movie. Um, so like just out of like obligation, not not even just for this show, but just as a gamer and a nerd, I would just at least watch it. It's uh, because you know I don't I don't like listening to the critics. You know, you got to check it out yourself. Um. And I know a, a little bit, like, I've watched people play the game. I've seen some stuff. Like, I know enough about the game to know what they should be doing in the movies to, to follow it enough. Um, so, yeah, I would I would still check it out. I'm not, like, super jazzed about it. Like, I don't care. Because, again, like you said, most video game movies, not that great. Um, also, most Net, Netflix adaptations, not that great. So, I don't have... Uh, a lot of faith in in what's uh, gonna happen with this, but you know you never know. It, you know every even Uncharted, uh, which is on Netflix now, uh, wasn't half bad of a movie. Uh, one of the one of the best video game movies, and it's not even like great. It's just okay. Um, so we'll see. Uh, but yeah, like it'll it'll if it if it does happen, I think one thing I don't know if the visuals like seeing. Um, uh, I'm not even going to attempt the names right now, but like the big one in the middle, I think that's a little daddy or something. I don't know. Uh, but like, but seeing stuff like this is either going to excite people, like they don't. If you don't know anything about the game or the characters and stuff, it's going to excite you because you see the big drill and like some steampunk designs, or it's going to completely turn you off and you have no idea what's happening. So it, you know, it's it, even that's going to be hit or miss. Right. I mean, I liked Uncharted. I thought it was a good movie. Like, it was fun um, for what it is. Like, it's not obviously uh, some kind of um, like Academy Awards movie or anything like that, obviously. But um, yeah, that was a fun movie. I mean, it looks like they're going to make a sequel of that at some point. So it would be interesting. But yeah, this movie, I'll check it out just because I like these types of movies. I have a seat. I've never played the video game and I never will because I just don't play video games. Um, and if I do play video games, it's only like comic book related video games or like stuff like that, like Arkham or some Spider-Man game or something like that. If I ever decide to play or want to get into it. Um, but yeah, but you should so, be playing that Spider-Man game, but you don't I have should. a PlayStation. I don't, I, I don't. That's the only thing that do I want to spend that much money just to play one video game. I don't know. We'll, see. well, there's two of them. Yeah, a Miles Morales game too. True. Um, we'll see. Um, but anyways, let's get into our main uh, uh, two topics. Uh, so the first one is going to be uh, Day Shift. That movie was on Netflix. Uh, we do have the official trailer here, so we'll play that really quick, just in case um, anyone has not seen that and just kind of familiarize with them with uh, what Day Shift is. It's going to be a hot one in Los Angeles. So what's on the agenda today? My eyes are closed. Like every day. What are you doing in my room? 
on their backs. Is a business cut next and cash your checks. Well, things have changed since you got your ass kicked out the union. If I don't come up with 10K, my wife and my daughter are gonna move to Florida. Hi, Dad. You're late again. And the union is the only place that could give me that kind of money. Your record is chock full of incidents. But he's a new man. One last chance. This is your final warning. Just keep crying. Oh, no! Vampires just tried to kill me. Now I just pissed my favorite fucking Hey, 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 everybody pisses themselves the first time. Really? Yeah. Did you? No, I didn't, but listen, you did. You know what I see when I see a van? Big old dollar sign. Locked and low. Vampires. They're the most. And all they are is murderers. Does not eclipse, new moon, breaking dawn point one. It ain't like that, all right? Why do you know the names to all the specific Twilight films? What? And what's your gripe with Breaking Dawn Part 2? It's the exciting conclusion of the whole Twilight saga. Welcome to the day shift, motherfucker. <laughs> Works every time. Murder was the case that they gave me. So that was the trailer for Day Shift. Um, Carl, I'll let you start off first. What were your uh, thoughts on the movie? What did you think about everything that, uh, about like the, the characters and the storyline and all that stuff, the concept too. So, um, Dave chef is a pretty fun movie. Um, I enjoyed it. I again, didn't love it, but I, I had a good time. Uh, wasn't like the most like, uh, incredibly well-written, like you said, not the Oscar award winning, you know, not going to get like the best writing or visual effects or anything like that and it doesn't need to be it's kind of a you know again basic story just to get something out there and then have jamie fox uh be jamie fox and and be funny and uh put him in these unique situations um uh funny situations again you're killing killing vampires uh all this stuff is it's just a, a fun movie a good action that actually has pretty solid action um which like the trailer was saying uh you know made by the people that made john wick so there's a lot of good gunplay in this uh in this movie like i was actually really impressed with it um just and you know, I mean just a lot of gunplay uh a lot right. of good fun tricks and um we'll get to some of the other characters and stuff too um uh, but just doing doing something a little different with vampires and still having a lot of the stuff that you understand like you know um the weak to wood and silver and garlic like all of that stuff still there 
but in this case, the settings of Los Angeles, uh, which, you know, be it as may, like most of the time, we don't see that sort of thing. Um, and seeing also in this like urban part, like it's an urban uh, Los Angeles, it's not, you know, any type of countryside or any type of suburb or anything like that. Um, it, it's it's just a fun movie. Um, again, uh, it, it's not the, the best writing. I don't expect there to be a sequel. Um, again, it's called Day Shift specifically because he does this. He's a, like a bounty hunter for for vampires, and he got rehired because he, he actually got fired from that before, but rehired to work the day shift of vam- uh, collecting vampires and uh, uh, specifically their teeth so he can sell those to make money for some reason. Um, and as opposed to the night shift, the night shift is better because there's vampires, they're, they're out at night. So, um, but yeah, like it, I thought it was really cool and, um, yeah, like I said, I don't expect there to be a sequel for it, but I'm totally like I wouldn't mind going back in that world if they decided to create more, um, something more substantial and like actually have a reason to make a sequel. Yeah, I agree with that. It was a fun movie. Um, um, I thought it was interesting, like the way they had like the different type of vampires. They almost like you know, like snakes, like the different type of like snakes that are like copperhead and king cobras and rattlers like they are like they're rattling the different things that are the different things that they this vampires they can do and where they hang out and they have like you know uh certain things that happen to them and uh some don't some the way they die they can they have to have like uh silver to the head and and you have to shoot them in the heart or something like that um like there's various different things like ways to kill the vampire and some like some you can just do a certain thing, others you have to do a certain thing, and then also they explain like a little thing by how um, when when a like a kid vampire like bites somebody, they don't become full vampire, so they they can't ingest human blood, so they just ingest like rodents and like animals and things like that, um, and they were just talking about all these different things that like. I can't remember another vampire movie having that many nuance of vampires, like with the type of vampires and mm-hmm. like the very different things like that. It's just, you know, straight up, like obviously everyone has the, the different vampire lore, but like it's pretty standard. Like, yeah, we're going to bite you and either that's going to turn you into a vampire or you'll have to ingest your blood and turn into a vampire. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much just how, like they don't have like so many nuanced, you know, versions of vampire or uh, types of vampire species of vampires, if you will. Um, so that was pretty cool. I I would say I, I wish it was a little longer because yeah. because there it, it so the, the like the first let's say the let's say the first forty five to fifty minutes is really going it's smooth right it's running smoothly um, there's no like you know issues with like storytelling and the plot. But then they kind of rush it because, you know, and maybe we'll talk about this later. But like, I feel like so in the movie, they they show that he kills um, the main bad guy vampire's daughter, essentially. Um, mm-hmm. Sorry, that's a spoiler. I apologize. That was in the, the technically that was in the trailer. It's true. Um, so that 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 person, that vampire, I should say the the 
is now out to get revenge on him and he's hunting him down hunting his family down or whatever trying to find out where he is um and i guess they put like so they show a familiar like a familiar in lore is somebody that is kind of sired to uh, the vamp a vampire like a, a, a alpha vampire they're sired they're kind of the sire to them that's what the familiar technically is um, and they show, like, you know, that they send this familiar to live in the same apartment complex with them. And and she later talks about, like, oh, I was supposed to get close to you. But they only only have one interaction. It's like, how is that right. getting close to him? There's that's just, like, she he, she helps he helps her with her, her laundry or whatever. And yeah, that's I it. thought and I had, like, like, a miss. When that came up, it was like, wait, did I miss something? Because yeah, there, what are you that talking was literally about? <laughs> one scene. Like, they, how, how did they get close, like, from mm-hmm. that? Like... So that was kind of weird. Um, not weird, but I was just like, there wasn't long enough to explain that. And then also in the end, the, the way, what happens to uh, Dave Franco's character was just kind of sudden. It's like, there's no explanation for like, you know, the the, um, the way he can turn, obviously that you know how you can turn, but like, it was just kind of abrupt. I just thought, I don't know, like, so I just feel like if they made it longer, they could have probably fleshed some of these little things out. But like, yeah, I just, yeah, I thought the movie was fun. I didn't have an issue with it. It was, it was nonstop action, um, fun and funny. Jamie Foxx is funny. I can't remember. There's this one line he says in there that I just can't remember now, but it, it cracked me up. But I can't remember now. I'm just mad at myself. Um, but you know, I'm on so that note of, of, of Dave Franco um, and being so abrupt, you know what was also struck me uh, as weird is that after he he turns right because that right. was also that, that was super abrupt too. All of a sudden he shows up. No, right. He's like he's just uh, unconscious in their house, and he was already uh, been bitten, and he uh, gets turned. Or just, but, I thought it was unjust. I don't know. Maybe, was it? Yeah. Or was uh, it because unjust? The- I, I wasn't sure. I'm not sure. I saw blood was smeared on his yeah. face, so I don't know if that. I don't know if that they were hinting that the ingested the blood. That's why that they killed. Like you know, that's how like generally, uh, one of the lords, general vampire lords is like you ingest the blood and then they kill you and then you come back as a vampire. Mm-hmm. But what was weird is that at that the final the final scene, like we go the entire movie, him being this timid, you know, very meek and and weak guy that you know is pissing his pants and uh yeah. he already got uh you know decapitated by jamie fox in the movie and stuff like that but when we get to the final set piece he's like this badass dude just flying around and sliding and dodging bullets and, and killing all the other enemy vampires like he'd been doing it for for ages and stuff and like wait a second like didn't you just become a vampire and like didn't did you not know how to fight before, but all of a sudden you're an expert martial artist and yeah, know how I mean, to use your powers and stuff? Like, what happened? Yeah, yeah. I don't like. I don't know if it's just assumed that becoming a vampire gives you these abilities that you just have. Maybe that's a case. I don't know. I. Well, even then, yeah. like he's fighting other vampires. It's not like no, if that correct, the case. Correct. You know, wouldn't no, they no, be able no, to correct. do the same thing? Yeah. Correct, correct. And it's just interesting. And then the other thing they don't ex- like, kind of like, it was odd that they didn't really explain. Um, because, though, like, we, you see him, they like, when he cuts his head off, and he's one of the vampires that you like, you can't just cut his head off. You have to do like something else to them to kill them, kill them. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I think what do they call the Uber vampire, the Uber vamps. I think that's what he turned into an Uber vamp or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're showing his head is constantly like it's it's because he's trying to have it like melt back together, and it, and his neck is saying that and he's holding it, and then you're seeing you're seeing like essentially it keeps like rocking back forward like a bobblehead almost because like it's, it was severed. Um, and then all of a sudden, like, I'm, I don't know if it was because of the blood he drank that all of a sudden he, all of a sudden he gets up and his, his neck is completely cured. You know, it's, it's hundred percent. It doesn't, there's no scar or anything. So it's good. That was kind of weird too. Like I'm, I'm, I'm assuming it was because, cause she gives, uh, this, the, the, the sired character that sired to the main vampire, um, gives him like a pack of blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see that, so I don't know if that's what that was my assumption is that because he because he wasn't trying to like kill or you know eat anybody right right heal up so that was the only way that he can get substance and he got strength from out of that to you know that 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 I mean that's what it was implied to me. Okay, yeah, I, I guess I assume, but yeah, like I said, I thought it was fun. I thought it was a good movie. Like I think. I would recommend anyone that wants to just kind of, you know, chill out on a Saturday night or even a weekday after work that you're just trying to like, just, just, you know, just kind of shut your mind off. This is a good movie to do that with. Yeah. Super fast movie. It's not going to take you long. It's like an hour and a half or something like that. Yeah. Some, um, maybe hour and 50, but yeah, I can't remember, but it's like I said, I thought it should have been a little longer because just because of those certain parts, but yeah, it's not like a long movie. It's not your traditional, like, two hours 15 minutes you know type of movie do you have any uh any thoughts or any uh feelings towards our our main antagonist uh by the way her name was audrey in the in the movie yeah so she was i mean i haven't seen her before in anything i can't remember if she what she's been in um and I can't, you know, and, and one thing I don't remember is how old she is. Um, and I don't know, like, I'm assuming, like, I'm assuming, like, in, in all vampire lores and stuff, like, age, like, when you become a vampire makes a difference on your strength and and things like that. So, um, I think they said she was, like, a thousand years old, but I, I, you know, I'd have to look that up for sure. Okay. So... But you know what the weird thing is because her daughter is like old. Right, yeah. So like so like it makes me wonder. It makes me wonder, like that made me confused that maybe she wasn't that old because maybe she got turned after she had her daughter. I think I, I don't nec- necessarily know if they um mean daughter in the sense of like biological had her, you know. Oh, that's that true. Maybe thing. she, maybe like she's more like inherited. Her. Yeah, like that sort of thing uh, where they turned her and she's adopted by that that type of thing, like raised by her, sort of thing. That necessarily had like she had a husband and they had nine months of gestation and had a baby. I don't think it's I don't think it's that, especially because again, the sense that vampires they they don't they live forever, so they're not going to die of natural causes. And for right. whatever reason, she retains. She either retained her her youth, or she had the ability to 
you know, restore her youth or, you know, we don't know that backstory. Again, she is, this character is old, but then her daughter, it looks old by human standards. So uh, we right. don't know the full backstory of all that. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I thought, did, I, oh, go ahead. But no, I'm just saying, yeah, I thought she was fine. She was good. Like, uh, she was like a, a solid villain character. Um, it was kind of, you know, she kind of reminded me of like a mix of like, uh, um, what's her name? Katarina, Catherine Jones. Catherine Zeta Jones. Catherine Zeta Jones. And what's her name? Um, the, 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 the lady from, um, Modern Family. This is Sophia Vergara. Yeah, Sophia Vergara. She kind of, I, I feel like I, I got that feel like a mix of those two. Um, uh, Fair enough. Uh, yeah. So yeah, but I, I thought she was she was good. Like I, I didn't, I didn't think uh, you know she was convincing as a villain. She was kind of like you know a badass, and yeah, those are my thoughts. I also, uh, I mean, at least for me. I thought this was like her, her like second hand man sort of uh, uh, person, and I thought for me they, this was just like a, a Dracula homage with his hair with the white streaks on the side, like just kind of, just throwing it in there. Didn't have right. to, uh, but I felt like you know he's he's not Dracula, but I felt mm -hmm. like that's what they were doing um, with this character. So just throw, throw that yes. in there. He's like her bodyguard or her like right hand man or whatever. And then also, I also really really like these brothers. Uh, they yeah. are basically um, the main character. His name is Bud. So these were Bud's rivals, basically, in collecting uh, vampire teeth and making money and stuff. And I really enjoyed seeing them. Um, the guy on the right, seeing him in particular, uh, he because uh, I watched Shameless a lot. So he was in that show, but uh, these guys were they were a hoot, and again, a lot of great gunplay in this uh, in this movie, especially with yeah. these two. Uh, and this scene in particular, when they're about to go in this house, there's a lot of uh, fun like gunplay and the way they kill the vamps. Uh, it, it's it's really cool. Uh, Nomad, this movie is Day Shift. It's on Netflix right now. Day Shift. Um, but yeah, they uh, they had the, the one scene where they uh, he's like, "Yo, send me one," and he's like, took the bullet out and and he tossed it to him, and he and uh, he does like a flip or gun. something. Yeah, yeah. he's like yeah. this wild flip, and it catches it, and uh, yeah, it was it was definitely um, yeah, they were they were cool. Alrighty, um, any other final thoughts on the movie? No, like I said, I think I, I think it's a fun movie. Oh, um, Snoop Dogg's character. Uh, he, oh yeah, yeah. Um, he, so that. he, <laughs> yeah. So he wasn't in it as much as I thought. Like I mean, he was he had like a bigger role than like you would think. But at the same time, I thought he was gonna be like in it consistently throughout, not just in the very beginning and then shows up in the end as well. Um, but yeah, he was like Snoop was Snoop, man. He was he was just like you would. It's like yeah, this is this is if Snoop was a vampire slayer, this is how you would be. This is how I would picture it. This is cool. This is cool guy. Weird. It was cool, but it was like so weird at the same time because, like you say, he's still Snoop. Like it's you can't yeah. separate his his voice and his look 
whatsoever. Uh, when you see him, despite the the cowboy hat and clothes and uh, the big machine gun and all of that stuff, is like, no, I get that's still Snoop Dogg though. Yeah, you know what's funny? Like all the older women are like telling you to call him, and it's like, and then you forget like Snoop is pretty old, man. It's like he doesn't yeah. look his age at all. No. Like he probably looks like he's probably like fifties. But he's like closer to seventy, isn't he? Like, or not? Or maybe not that old. But I don't know. He's don't pretty know. old. I thought he might be in his sixties. I gotta double check this. Uh, he... I gotta double check because I'm pretty sure he's uh, not that young. Nineteen seventy-one. So he is. Oh, okay. So fifty. Oh, he is fifty. Yeah, fifty. Yeah, fifty. Man. Oh, he is fifty. Okay. Mm. But still, he doesn't. I mean, I don't know. He he doesn't look like that old either. I guess I should say. I don't know. But yeah, like, it's just funny, kind of, uh, they had these, like, older, like, not older, like, on the older side, like, they weren't, like, super young women, but they were all, every single one were just like, call me, call me, call me. It was kind of <laughs> funny. Uh, but yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's all I got on that, and uh, our next movie is, what, 3,000 Years of Longing. We do have a trailer for that. Um, now, I didn't watch this movie just because I didn't have the time. Uh, Carl, you did, so um, we'll, we'll play the trailer and then I'll let you get into your thoughts on the movie and then um, I'll ask any uh, questions that I may have. All right, let's go ahead and play that trailer. My name is Alethea. My story is true. I am a solitary creature by nature. I have no children, no siblings, no parents. I did once have a husband. If there is fate, who can say? But in the Grand Bazaar of Istanbul, I chose a memento. I like it. Whatever it is, I'm sure it has an interesting story. So what would you wish for? What is your heart's desire? I do have a question. What does one do with three wishes? You'll see. There's no story about wishing that is not a cautionary tale. We all have desires. You remain hidden from us. But it is your story, and I cannot wait to see where it goes. Oh, how it might end. Hello. Hello. He'll be staying for a while. I'm beginning to wish we'd never met. Don't say that! Make your wish! Save yourself! I have a wish.
So that is the trailer for 3,000 Years of Logging. Um, Carl, I'll let you lead off and give us your thoughts on the movie. Um, it's a, a quick, interesting note. Like, I was, I was curious to see what like the Rotten Tomatoes rankings ended up being for this, and they're pretty even on both the audience and on the critic side. Um, they're both, so the critics have it at seventy-one percent, and the audience at seventy-three percent. That's pretty like even split as far as the thoughts on this movie. But yeah, go ahead and uh, give us your thoughts. Uh, what you thought about this movie yeah and then that's i think it's a pretty fair rating to be honest with you so i think this is uh one uh going into this again i i'm pretty sure this is an existing thing that like a, a, a book or something like that um uh, that was adapted but i'm not 100 sure on that i didn't do any research and i'm not familiar with it um but uh going into this uh, especially watching this trailer and being reminded about it um, I was expecting this to be some wild ride of uh, a story where, you know, you have this very plain Jane woman that somehow gets uh, a genie and then they like she makes a wish and things changes in her life and they all of this wacky stuff happens to her. Um, and, you know, that's the movie. That's what that's what I was expecting going into it. Um, that is not at all what this movie is about. So uh, this movie is actually a love story. It's kind of a, a basically a rom-com uh, for what it's worth. Um, really? Uh, yeah. So it, it's actually that. And um, it's still a good movie, a good story, but it isn't at all. And it's, again, even watching the trailer and you hear that music. It's such wild and energetic, and you think it's like some crazy stuff happening. And yeah, it kind of has crazy stuff happening. Like, so what happens is uh, he's telling her stories, and literally, like what you see in the trailer, him in the bathrobe, and she's in, you know, they're in the hotel room, whatever. Half of the movie, maybe more, more than half of the movie, that's all they do is that they're in this bath, uh, this hotel room. Uh, in their bathrobes, and he's telling her stories, and he's like literally just sitting there telling her. Uh, and they're in that room for the overwhelming majority of the movie. Um, but the stories are illustrated, you know, the stories are acted out, and you see all the characters, and that's where all of the wacky things happen is in those stories and all of those color, colorful environments, and like the spiders and all of the other stuff are in his stories that he's telling her. So it's not happening to her. She's just learning about stuff that he's telling her. And even then, those aren't things that are happening to him. Uh, some cases there are, but uh, they're happening to just be events that were are surrounding what he was doing and his life and his, uh, and his adventures and stuff like that. So it was... It was weird because, again, I was expecting it was just going to be like one little backstory, but it was actually, for the most part, about three backstories that he was telling her. Uh, again, he's just sitting there in the in the hotel room. So the movie itself didn't have crazy music. It was very, I don't know if it was like a somber, if the right word, but it was very uh, maybe like tranquil, uh, kind of easygoing, laid back. Um Again, and he's just telling her these stories, and she's soaking it in. And as she said in the in the trailer, there isn't a a movie about 
wishes and, and genies that isn't a cautionary tale. So basically, that's what this movie was. It was her cautionary tale, him telling her what happened to him. Uh, and then he's she's still locked in, like just like a traditional, like the person that opens the bottle, you have uh, three wishes. And the only reason why she couldn't um like she she was like obligated to wish him like the three wishes she had to do it uh one because if she didn't do it or someone doesn't wish three wishes he would go invisible like he would not be seen and uh like that's just like how genies work in in this in this world that um if someone doesn't fulfill all three wishes uh, you just you are you are the genie and you would become invisible and no one would be able to see you and that's actually and that's one of the things that happened to him and she explained that or he explained that to her i think that was his uh second story uh in there but yeah like so she was kind of obligated in a way to make sure three wishes happened for him and then the whole point for the three wishes is so that he would become free like he there there is you know obviously he's a genie so they did kind of explain that there are other genies or gins is what they would call him and uh, they come from a different dimension a different realm if you will um so he has a place that he belongs but once uh those three wishes are granted he he is free but until those three wishes are granted he is locked in he has he's beholden to the person that released him um so that and that was his whole mission the entire time so but, yeah go ahead so they don't know each other like beforehand they just she just finds this bottle and that's how she finds him because obviously he's a genie so it's not like because actually in this it kind of makes like make it almost look like they knew each other at like you know that they were on uh, they knew each other for a long long time and somehow or something like that it just kind of like I found this bottle and now I have this genie and I need to make three wishes. And this, meanwhile, this genie is just telling me all these stories. Right. Right. Like she lived a completely relatively boring life. She, like she said, she uh, has no kids. She has no, no parents, no siblings. She did have a husband once. Uh, and they did explain that a little bit, but for, for the most part, she lived a solitary life. Um, she didn't go out and she did go out. Like that was her thing that she did is that she like once or twice a year, she would go traveling to China, to, you know, Australia, Africa, America, whatever, uh, just to explore other cultures and, um, and just to, to learn and stuff. But she was like, a a, a scholar and, and just like a well, well-read, like a, a literary scholar. And she just liked to travel and that's it. She didn't do anything else with her life. And she just so happened to come across, come across this, uh, this, this glass. Like this is what he's in at, you know, at the beginning of this story, but that's not the be uh, beginning of the movie. He's in this glass, but the beginning of his story, he's in a different bottle. Oh, okay. All right. Interesting. Uh, so he can transfer bottle. He's not. He's not stuck to a certain. Uh, um, like almost genie show. Like in general, they have to be in their one specific lamp or whatever. Right. So there wasn't. It doesn't. He. Yeah. It's possible for him to be in other objects, other bottles, I should say. 
because uh, he did start in like a more of a golden one. Um, but one thing that's interesting about this world um, is that it does subscribe to several things that do they do lean into. Um, if I remember correctly, um, so this character is I don't remember her name. I'm trying to Sheba. I think it was named Sheba, right? So Sheba is basically like one of the things again his name is Jin and that's him on the left right here um you can see Jin he is basically obsessed with women and he like once he falls in love he falls really hard um and that's what has got him in his all of this trouble is that he's his love for women not just all women but the women that he loves and he even describes uh Sheba here as because uh, Alethea asked, was she beautiful? And he said, no, she wasn't beautiful. She was beauty itself. So he was like super like into her to, in a way that's like transcendent. And so this woman, though, she also caught the eye of King Solomon. And that is like a pretty sure biblical king solomon if i remember correctly so this world not only has that but in a way that he like solomon had like magical powers and there were other characters that had magical powers there were wizards and stuff so this is not just like there's just genies and nothing else um there throughout the stories there were lots of different uh characters with abilities although he was the only genie in this movie oh, okay interesting um I think you had another still in here of him kind of maybe going into his bottle. Right. So this this one is uh I really wanted to point out just more of uh more of the visual style of the movie is what's the impressive part about um this George Miller movie. Again, the stories are actually very interesting and but it is not a action movie is not this uh huge set piece type of movie i uh, apologize if you hear my dog right now uh, but it is it's not that huge thing it was more of these stories that have very uh distinctive visual style and art style and, and beauty uh to them and, and then they have like the visual effects like the spiders and um all the like here this is him actually being trapped uh, by Solomon and being imprisoned into a bottle, uh, the gold bottle that, that he started this journey um, uh, with, because he was out. Uh, the, like there, there is uh, a thing about the genies or jinns, whatever they are, basically are a race, but again, they're like they're not humans. Uh, they all have hairy legs, like very hairy legs, and oh, okay. uh, and you can kind of see it here. But like they all have hairy legs, and Sheba here, she is actually half human, half gin because she also had hairy legs as well. Um, but she wasn't fully human; she wasn't fully gin. Um, so yeah, that, like that's a whole thing, and yeah, like it, it's it's more of like this is a really creative mind and really interesting way of depicting a story but like i said it's not like some super hype movie where a whole bunch of crazy stuff happening uh it, it is literally a love story because uh, you know spoilers um she alethea the, the main character of the movie does eventually 
figure out what her three wishes are because she doesn't do any wishes until after he's finishing telling his entire backstory of what happened or how he got from being with Sheba because they were in a relationship. Um, and then King Solomon came and basically stole her heart uh, away from him and then trapped him into the, the bottle. So she told his whole story from then all the way up until present. And then she told she gave her first wish, uh, which was, I want to I want to love you. Right. Uh, I want you to love me. And so they fell in love. And that was her first wish. And then the rest of them are. Um, I'm not going to say what those wishes are, but, uh, you know, it, it's a love movie. It, it's a lot. I know a lot of people didn't like that's the, how they fell in love is that she had to wish him to love her. Um, because, you know, before all of that, he was really chill with her. Like, like I said, he loves women and the women that he loved. There's basically two women in his story that he loved, like he loved, uh, uh, What's her name? I already forgot it. Um, Sheba. And then he loved another character named Zafir later on. And he loved her more than loves um, uh, Sheba. But when he met Alethea, it wasn't like, oh, you're so beautiful and I'll do anything for you. No, he was just like, I'll grant you your wish. Thank you for freeing me. Uh, you have three wishes. Please wish whatever you want. And there's actually, there's also rules to it. You know, you can't do the, I wish for infinite wishes sort of thing. Yeah. He said that directly. And he said that, um, your wishes have to be mortal. Basically, you know, he has the power to do a lot of things, but he can't like make her immortal. He is immortal himself, but he still has like, there's still rules and stuff like that. So, um, it just has to be within his abilities, but, um, yeah, she wished for him to be in love with her, and a lot of people had a lot of issues with that. And that it, it is kind of awkward because he wasn't really in love with her, or even like showing any kind of desire for her before that. So is he like? Um, is that just a one-off thing? Like that's the only time he's like a genie with her, and then he's free after the wishes. Like so, he's never. How how does that work? Because he's saying like he he, he would. Was it like he's always a genie, but for for some reason he was trapped in this thing, and now he's free and he can be free when the three wishes happen? Like, what? How does that work? I don't know. I don't think they really went that far because, like I said, there, there's definitely more than one gen, uh, mm-hmm. but they didn't show or talk about like other gens. But they acknowledged because again, she was she was half she was half gen, and they said that that it's possible for humans and gens to to procreated and, and and all of that but and then he's from another realm so she you know at, at the end of the movie he does go back but it, they never show anyone else and it doesn't really explain um if it's possible for him to be like trapped in another bottle and if someone else could have to wish him like you know they didn't really go that far Interesting. So, would you recommend this movie? Like, you think it's worth uh, going to the theater for, or like it's a good movie? Or um, that's actually a, um, a good, a good um, talking point that I wanted to bring up is whether or not, because uh, again, it's, it's one of those movies that uh, it's you know it's only in theaters right now, and there's a big push for to get people back in the theaters, and even had a before the movie started, George Miller, the, the director, had a little screening saying. 
you know, this movie was meant to see be seen in theaters. Thank you for coming out and watching this and supporting cinema, you know, stuff like that. Um, so I don't know. Like it's a beautiful movie, uh, certainly. And again, it's it, to temper expectations. It is a it is literally a rom com or not not necessarily comedy, but it is a romantic movie. That's what it really is. Um, and not an action movie, not so much a comedy. There's some funny things that happen in it. Um, but, you know, f- for what it's worth, I mean, I paid like $7 for this. So, yeah, it was worth it um, to to watch it because it was a matinee on a Tuesday. Um, if I had watched it on like Tuesday, Thursday or Friday or something like that, I'd pay like $20 for it. I wouldn't have necessarily been upset because that's how you know it costs, but like I would have been like, yeah, I could have watched this at home kind of feeling. Um, and it's hard for me to justify that, like paying top dollar um, to watch this movie. Cause it's, again, it's not a bad movie. It's a good movie, but you just have to temper your expectations. It's just whether or not um, this movie and other movies like it are even worth going to, to theaters to go see. Um, is, and I know for you and I, especially science fiction, and we cover a lot of Marvel stuff, uh, DC stuff, all the comic book things, and those movies are big budget summer blockbusters. And uh, generally, you know, Thor, Love and Thunder is worth the $20 ticket, $15, or whatever it is you pay wherever you're at. Um, and, and other movies like it, but this movie is, it doesn't feel like it's worth that that price and it doesn't feel like it's worth that type of consideration although it's still worth watching you know no i get it um it's a that's an interesting note because like there's a lot of like you know the art films um that that aren't necessarily like people that go for <laughs> blockbuster reasons like they go because they love movies and they love um you know the artistic side of them movie or, or film the film industry i should say the artistic side of the film industry so stuff like that you know and yeah it's it's one of those things where like these streaming services it's just a convenience at home you can you know yeah they, it's 30 bucks sure but technically if you think about it if you're taking a family to see a yeah. movie you're going to end up paying probably what, like 60 to 100, depending on tickets, popcorn or not, popcorn, <laughs> snacks, and all that stuff. So, right. can I just get 30 bucks and just throw on some microwave popcorn that I bought at Walmart that's like six dollars that has a bunch of popcorn in it? And, you know, just chill with my family at home. I have a family of uh, the kids at home. Uh, and that way I don't, I can save that extra money for something else. Especially um, or, with people like um, you know, spending thousands of dollars on entertainment systems, you got like your TV, drop a couple of grand on the sound system and uh, your comfy couch or bed or whatever. Right, it is. right. And you know, you, you like you said, it, it's a lot cheaper to if you can watch the movie at home on your big screen uh, from the comfort of your couch. It's safe. You don't have to worry about wearing a mask. You don't have to worry about paying $15 for a bucket of popcorn. You don't have to spend gas to go to the movie theater and stuff. It's a hard, hard sell. And I know they're grateful and we don't want the movie theater scene to die. uh, Certainly, but it's hard to sell someone on a movie 
to go through all of that extra effort to watch a movie and all of that extra pricing to, to watch a movie if the movie isn't worth paying all of that extra cost for. Um, it's not that it's not worth watching, but certainly, again, gas, popcorn, each seat, watching it and like a prime time slot, uh, the, you know, 3D of it all or uh, whatever it is. Like there's so many other costs associated to going to the theaters. What you're watching needs to be worth paying for. No, 100%. So, but yeah, um, that's pretty much our show. Did you have any final thoughts um, that you wanted to, for anything that we talked about today? Um, other than uh, other than that, not really. Like I said, it's a really pretty movie, though, and, and does have some really good visual effects. Uh, the stories are very good. Like I said, it's about pretty much three strong stories that he tells, uh, and they are very interesting stories. And I was compelled uh, to just listen to it after I realized that this story wasn't going to get any crazier than what it is. Uh, it wasn't going to be some wild ride. It was just like, okay, so this is just a love story. And I just sat back and just like, yeah, this is really good. So um, as long as you have that expectation, then I don't think you'll be disappointed. But if you want something else, then you probably should watch something else. All right, cool, cool. But yeah, that's a wrap for today's episode. Uh, thank you again to Cliff, Matt, uh, Matthew, Cheesy, uh, Q, uh, Nomad, I uh, appreciate you guys uh, joining us and uh, watching the show again tonight. Um, we, you know, like I said, if you have uh, missed any previous shows, you can catch, uh, catch us obviously on the YouTube Barroom Network channel or just check our uh, audio site out as well. They're available on all podcast platforms and check out all the great other great shows that are on uh, Barroom Network on Still, our, our my last episode with Bulls Gold with Ronnie Brewer Jr. So go check that out. It's a really good interview, fun interview I did. Uh, and me and my co-host did, I should say, me and my friend Ed uh, that do that podcast. Uh, check that out. But yeah, that's a that's a wrap for today, and we will see you guys next time. You guys have a good night. All right, see you later, chat.